I think one of the problems that Christians uh, have is that we tend to tie our identity to our political party. And I think that's a huge, huge mistake. Um, we need to be able to critique our parties. We need to be able to just use them as a tool and not necessarily as, as a tribe. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. Old Etiquette Advice warned us not to discuss politics or religion in polite company, but we are about to talk about both. Specifically, we're going to talk about how they interact with each other, if they do at all. And joining me for the discussion today is Justin Gibbony. He's an attorney and a political strategist. He's the co-founder and president of the AND Campaign and the co-author of the book Compassion and Conviction, The AND Campaign's Guide to Faithful Civic Engagement, which is a great book, and I'm going to be referencing it a lot today. So thanks for joining me, Justin. Thanks for having me, Liberty. Glad to be here. Great. Well, I'm going to set up the topic just a little bit. Um, a couple things I found interesting when I was reading up recently, uh, there was a 538 article a couple years ago that noted the more liberal you are, the less likely you are to belong to a faith. Whereas if you're conservative, you're more likely to say you're religious. Um, and the article cited some research that indicated over the last uh, you know, few years or last couple decades, really, for a lot of people, religion, and I think especially in the U.S., Christianity, became to be associated with the Republican Party. And so because of that perception, you have other people that are kind of backing away from it. Um, and so you have, you know, that on the one hand. But on the other hand, I, I've seen people in both parties who tend to think that their political affiliation is the Christian political affiliation. And you may see this on social media or even hear it from politicians sometimes when they're campaigning, like, you know, my political opponent can't be a true Christian because they promote this or it's impossible to vote for X, Y, Z and still follow God. Or if Jesus walked the earth today, he would definitely be voting for this or supporting this cause, et cetera. Um, so you have these two groups of people who, for different reasons, tend to think that God is affiliated with one political party over the other. So let's just jump in uh, right there, Justin. Your work is kind of focused on helping people of faith engage in politics effectively. And so when you're talking to someone, do you say, hey, if you believe in God and you want to get in politics, then you need to join this party. Never. Uh, absolutely not. I think that's a huge mistake. Uh, we, we live in a broken world. Uh, and uh, as part of that, the parties that we're in are broken. And so I would say that both parties fall well short of where the gospel would, would have us to be. Now, that doesn't mean you can't participate in them. I think one of the problems that Christians uh, have is that we tend to tie our identity to our political party. And I think that's a huge, huge mistake. Um, we need to be able to critique our parties. We need to be able to just use them as a tool and not necessarily as, as a tribe, not something that we you know follow to that extent. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I would point out is there is a very big difference, and we conflate this. There's a very big difference between what our theology is and I ideology. So I think sometimes people conflate conservative ideology with conservative theology right? mm. or, or vice versa. And that's not, that's not necessarily true either. Uh, I, I think you're right though. A lot of people see it that way. There's pretty much two issues, right? So people who are conservative, they would say, Hey, Jesus would be in this party. 
they're usually going to point to abortion. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's been a Democrat all my life, I would actually agree with them. I, I would say that that is an issue that the Democrats have gotten really, really wrong. And anybody who's a Christian in the Democratic Party should be seriously pushing back about against that. Mm-hmm. In the same, in the in the same, at the same time, it's not the only issue, um, and it's not the only issue where life is at stake either. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, coming out of the Black traditional church that that I do, I think a lot of Christians there would point to the issue of race. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would say, hey, you would be more compassionate on race issues, given this country's history. Um, you, you know, you, that would point you towards the Democratic Party, because I think we have to be honest. Conservative, the conservative church in America pretty much missed the whole civil rights movement. So that's one reason that I wouldn't put God. You know, I wouldn't say that this is God's party, because I don't think, uh, so, you know, if we were if we were really as close to, to as we should have been to where Jesus would be. I don't think that that would have happened. So we all have our flaws. We have to see those flaws and be honest about them. The biggest thing to me is not putting our identity in our party. Right. I think that's such a good point about being honest about the flaws of of the party that we may choose to be associated with. Um, And something else kind of, you know, regarding that two party system, which is imperfect. And you address this with your co-authors in the book, Compassion and Conviction, that, um, you know, a lot of times I think people in the U.S. feel like we have to decide which of God's values is going to be more important or, you know, which one do we have to prioritize? And it's really a false dilemma. So you kind of talked about um, some of those with the issue of, you know, race and also the issue of abortion and how it's kind of like, you know, either you're in this camp and you care about this or you care about this. Can you give us some other examples about uh, false dilemmas or or kind of, you know, how we are oftentimes forced to dichotomize uh, values that are all really important to God. Sure. I mean, and, and let me say this, just to be clear, I don't think there's a problem to prioritize certain values, right? So if, if pro-life, the pro-life issue is what your number one issue, I think that actually makes sense. If race being from where I am and some of the injustice, racial injustice is one of your big ones and that's what you prioritize, that's okay. I would just say don't be a one-dimensional voter. Mm. Don't don't isolate that issue as if other issues don't affect that or affect people uh, in, 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 a, in a serious way. But I think in general, our political landscape tends to create this dichotomy where if you care about justice issues, you go to the left. If you care about kind of the morality issues, you go to the right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Christians can make that decision. I think I think too many Christians do that. And they sacrifice one or the other. And I think that's a very unfaithful way to do politics. I think we have to reframe the issues for ourselves, because as Christians, if you watch, watch, if you read Jesus's walk, you see compassion and conviction. Right. You Mm -hmm. see you see um, him caring about justice, how people are treated. And you see him caring about moral issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't I don't think we can choose between those two things, even though our political landscape tries to force us to do that. And that's really what the AND campaign is about. It's about not making that choice in the way that they try to push us to, but actually having both of those in our public witness. Right. Well, you know, one thing about millennials and also the generation below us, Generation Z, um, is that a, a lot of people in these generations are very motivated by causes and they want to be activists for the causes that they think matter and they want to get involved. So for somebody who um, maybe there's somebody who's considering faith, but they're hesitant because they have this perception that it's entangled with a certain party or perhaps that there is somebody who is a Christian or they care about what the Bible says, but they're confused on, you know, how do I, um, you know, which side do I get involved in? How do I advocate for all of these issues that matter? So kind of 
I know you talk about some of this in the book as well, just practical guides, but can you uh, give our listeners some advice for how you can do both, how you can, you know, do this and that? Yeah, sure. I, I think it starts again with making sure that you're treating your party not as a tribe that you identify with, that it's part of your identity, but as a tool. So, you know, what party, you know, what, you know, so if you think of it as a tool, then you can strategically say, okay, well, it may be, it make more sense for me to be with this party or that party, but wherever they go wrong, I'm going to be distinct. So I don't think people should be so hesitant to say, well, if I get in this party, I'm going to be blamed for everything in their agenda. That, that's not true, but you do have to speak out against the stuff in their agenda. That's not right. Right. So I have friends that are Republicans. There's friends, there's people that are Republicans in the, in their and campaigns. I happen to be a Democrat. But I would be unfaithful as a Democrat if I didn't speak out against uh, the, how they how they go about abortion or how they talk about uh, sexual ethics. And I think the same thing goes for someone who wants to, wants to get in the game as a Republican. That's great. I think you would have to speak on you know certain angles that are taken when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you speak on immigration and how sometimes there's not that compassion that there should be. So I don't think people should be so hesitant to work within a party because we have a two-party system. Just make sure that you're not being led by the party and that conservatism or progressivism are not the masters of your social action. I think that's a great point. It actually uh, leads me to a little bit uh, more research that I found recently, which, um, you know, you're talking about how we can't let our political tribe, um, in you know, influence our theology um, and that theology and ideology are different. And a lot of people may be, say, well, you know, duh, like I would never let my political ideology affect my um, theology, but I think we should probably all, you know, take a second and check ourselves uh, on a consistent basis because, um, you know, according to sociologists and statistically, they've been researching this over years um, that actually, you know, people's religious affiliation will shift while their uh, political identity remains the same. And so, you know, for instance, if a party becomes more associated with a certain religion, then, um, you know, that can affect somebody's per, uh, you know, that can affect how they view that religion uh, and not vice versa. Or um, they'll just read a quote here from one of the articles. Several studies that followed respondents over time showed that it wasn't that people were generally becoming more secular and then gravitating toward liberal politics because it fit with their new religious identity, people's political identities remained constant and their religious affiliation shifted. And I think, you know, this was specifically talking about liberals, but I think it's the same for conservatives that in a lot of instances, you know, depending on where somebody was raised or kind of, you know, what their culture is around them, they, they're involved in church or they, you know, say I'm a Christian or whatever. And, and sometimes it's actually your politics that um, is affecting that even more than, you know, truly being in sincere religious belief. So I would just say, you know, I found that really surprising, um, but interesting as well that, you know, we kind of have to hold ourselves accountable and make sure that we're finding our beliefs, you know, rooting them in the Bible first, if we are a person of faith, if we're a Christian, and then forming our politics around that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and again, it comes to what, which, which one do you identify more with? Uh, if you look at a lot of Christians who are Democrats, you will see over the last decade or so how their opinion has moved on, you know, maybe the sexual ethic and how that should apply. If you look at a lot of Christians who are conservatives, you'll see how there's been a shift when it comes to immigration. Now, the principles, the Christian principles that we should apply to those things haven't changed. 
What's changed is where the parties are on those issues. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate that Christians, again, in in the conflation of theology and ideology, um, are moving not based on those principles or trying to get those principles better, but based on where their party is. And really sometimes, to be honest with you, Liberty, based on where the other party is. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times you see these, what I call opposition-centered politics, where we hate the other side so much that we want to, we go more extreme on one issue because we, we know they don't like it and we want to make them upset and we want to be the opposite of what they are. And that's a very unfortunate and really unfaithful way to go about politics. Oh, wow. That's a really good point. Uh, I definitely, I think we see that a lot. And I think anybody who's online at all <laughs> has probably a lot of examples that they can point to. Um, but before we wrap up, I want to step back for a second um, away from Americans and American politics. Um, and you said something a minute ago about how the parties change. And that's so true. I mean, parties uh, change over time. Every election cycle platforms are updated. Um, and so the you know Democrat or Republican Party of a few decades ago doesn't necessarily look like that same party today in a lot of ways. But if you know we're talking about God and the initial question was, does God belong to a political party? Let's look at what the Bible says about him. Um, you know, the Bible says that God and his values are eternal and unchanging. Uh, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Psalm 33, 11 says the counsel of the Lord stands forever. And Hebrews 18, 8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Um, another thing the Bible says about God is that he's ultimately in control. Um, he changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings that his purposes can't be thwarted. And so I think I just wanted to bring that in for a little perspective for our listeners as well. Sometimes we can get so focused on you know, this moment in time and our country, you know, we get so focused on it that we kind of forget God is so, you know, so much bigger than that. It's kind of silly to think that he would be tied down to one party or the other. And that's why we need to align ourselves with him versus trying to make our faith align with a certain party. But kind of going off of that, I I wanted to get your perspective too, because the Bible does say that God is, you know, the one in control and that he decides who our rulers are. He gives power to government officials. Um, And so on the one hand, that can be comforting for people of faith, but also it kind of, uh, you know, there's this question, how can we balance that idea of God's sovereignty and say, well, do I really need to be involved in politics? Like as a person of faith, can I just trust God that he's, you know, it's all, he's the one making the decisions ultimately anyway. So why do I really, why does it matter if I get involved? What would you say? I would say you, you got to read the prophets. Uh, what we know about the Bible from from Genesis on is that it's uh, what we know about the government from Genesis on is that it's God ordained. However, you got to remember God is absolutely sovereign, but He also does a lot of His work through us. Mm-hmm. And so you see Amos and you see Isaiah and you see these people going to government and going to people in power saying you're not doing the right thing. Um, and so although it's God, although it's God ordained and God is sovereign, He works through us. And he has set up, especially in Isaiah, you can see, he set up, he has an expectation that will be about righteous, righteousness and justice. In fact, he's appalled when we're not doing that work. And so, yes, we have to do that through government, but not be of government of, or of the world, but be there to support human flourishing and, and, and really to promote uh, human dignity. Mm, so good. Well, before we end, uh, Justin, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to um, speak directly to whoever may be listening. Um, and we kind of covered some of this, but just if you could give like a, a blurb of advice for a couple groups. One, 
uh, somebody who might be considering the faith, but perhaps they felt there was a barrier because of perceived political affiliations if they wanted to get involved with that faith. Uh, secondly, um, for the Christian who does want to represent their faith while being co- political, just a couple words of advice. Yeah, for the for the, for the person who, who is, is looking at the church and is interested in the gospel, understand that neither of these parties are good representatives of the gospel. Uh, and then they're not even close to what Jesus has to offer. And as you read the Gospels, uh, you, you, you will, you'll see that. Uh, for other folks who, who are in politics uh, and trying to be faithful, I would say it's a, it's a moment for courage. It's a moment to be able to sit down and critique your side of the, of the argument or your side of the aisle and be able to say, this is what we have to do better. And understanding that once you're able to critique those things, it doesn't mean that you want the other side to win, but it does give you the credibility to critique the other side too. And we need that kind of currency in uh, our discourse to really even have a, a civic conversation that's that's constructive. Right. Well, Justin, I so appreciate your perspective on this. I think we've had a really great conversation. And then for anyone listening, if you want to look at, um, you know, Justin's book or some of the work he's doing with the Ann campaign or some of the other resources we've mentioned, you can go to the website and check those out. So thanks for listening. And thank you again, Justin. Thanks for having me, Libby. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter.